Before we get to the episode today, I want to thank our sponsor, Surf Prep Sanding. Whether you're looking for the highest quality of sanders, dust extractors, or abrasives, Surf Prep has what you need to take your project to the next level. I've been using Surf Prep for a couple of years now and know firsthand the quality of their products. The amazing family who stands behind their brand is by far the best in the industry. Use code MAKERLOUNGE, all one word, for 10% off your order at surfprepsanding.com. Thank you to Surf Prep for sponsoring today's episode. Um, go ahead over to their website and give them, show them some love. Follow them on Instagram. So huge thanks to, to Surf Prep. Love those guys. We are actually going to be recording a live episode uh, with Hannah and Skylar at WorkbenchCon this year. And uh, Joseph with Jojax will be doing the production of that and editing, I think, I hope. Uh, so that way I can take a little bit of a break from this part of it and focus on the guests. And uh, so we're going to have some exciting stuff coming at WorkbenchCon. And I'll be handing out stickers. So make sure you find me at WorkbenchCon and ask me for a podcast sticker. Also, thank you to the Patreon members. We have three new patrons this week. We've got uh, Corey DeVol. We've got Andy Bird Builds, which actually just became a Patreon member like two hours ago. And uh, we've got Jason Bent. The Jason Bent, previous guest, is now a Patreon member. Uh, we've got a number of rock star patrons. Jimmy McAnally, Matthew with, and I'm going to change the way I say it because I heard it on a different podcast. Ar- Artigino. I used to say Archiano, and I'm not sure if that was right. Serio. <laughs> Victor with Wim Design, and Justin with Cowrie Customs, and Brent with Clean Cut Woodworking. Along with other patrons, if you want to get in on the Patreon action, head over to patreon.com slash podcast. We have a Discord channel. You can join us over there, provide feedback and ideas for future guests. And uh, so, yeah, lots of lots of fun. Don't miss out over there. Um, and if you're a freeloader, we're, we love freeloaders too. Um, if you're just kicking the tires on this podcast, thanks for uh, listening and make sure you leave a review for us. Without further ado, the moment you've been waiting for. <laughs> Welcome to the lounge. I'm Matt with Voltner Woodworking and your host of the Maker Lounge podcast, where we have a rotating group of makers hanging out and talking shop with each other. If you want to know how to properly say kahat or smart, this guy is your tutor. <laughs> you may have seen him making a commode or working a grinder on the Netflix show Baking Fun. This guy makes ZZ Top look like ZZ Bottom and gives me tremendous beard envy. <laughs> Not only is this blue collar maker great on camera building taco launching dinosaurs and glitter farting unicorns this woodworker makes some amazing signs furniture and other custom projects he's everyone's homeboy (laughs) derek from malden joins us here in the lounge derek thanks for joining us wow well done i tell you i think we should just wrap it up there that was it i (laughs) I tell you did it meet your expectations uh, it it fast exceeded them i tell you you know before we started me and matt had talked and i said if i didn't get a good introduction i was leaving and i tell you that that, i'm gonna hang out for a little while that was really good you did a good job and uh i tell you it's uh it's not easy and uh you nailed it thank you thank Thank you you. when when you have a a high profile uh individual like yourself you really gotta practice these things and, <laughs> and you know make sure you nail it and yeah there's nothing worse than flubbing the intro 
Yeah, yeah. I tell you, it's funny. I was on Jeff Fader's podcast and now uh, the full blast and he does a great job with the intro too. And I'm like, yeah. I, I just like listen to them and I'm like, it's amazing the stuff that people dig up, you know, and uh, right. it's, 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 it's really cool. Thank you. Yeah, I listened I to that, that podcast. It was, it was a good, um, I mean, it was really heartfelt podcast and I was yeah. listening to it and I'm like, how do I talk about something different? I mean, you really yeah. laid it out on that podcast. So yeah, I recommend I people go check it out. Yeah, I did. That was like really my first uh, time, I, no pun intended, kind of coming clean. It was um, a lot of stuff behind the scenes the last couple of years, besides the show has been going on in my life. And, um, you know, I have four children that are grown and everybody's getting a little older and I see things that are going on in the world. And it's, um, you know, I just... Um, you know, a lot of people always tell me you have such a great story, you need to tell it. And I have a hard time telling it. I um, you know, I have a just a, a past that's just not a conventional past. Most people have most people that are here. And um, it just kind of I feel like I need to share it. I don't feel totally comfortable sharing it openly as I would like to one day. But yeah. I like to, you know, people who know, know. And people who don't know will know one day. But it's just, um, you know, it's it's. It's so commonplace now that I think just it's amazing the amount of people that always just reach out to me and say, hey, thank you for sharing. You know, right. I, been, I, been, I went through that. I've been going through that. I my wife went through that, you know, and uh, it's um, it's a tough life. But that's that. But, um, yeah, Jeff, you know, he he's a good guy and uh, he um, does a good job with this podcast. He kind of gets stuff out of you. And that's that. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny sometimes, you know, these these shows you're you're dragging things out of people sometimes. Sometimes it you feel kind of like a therapist. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, hearing things uh and I've been, you know, once it hit hit stop uh at the end of the mm-hmm. podcast, I've had guests go, "Man, I haven't talked about that in years." Like yeah. I just, you know, so it's really cool that this format, the podcast format, um, it's mm. different than like an Instagram live where you're trying to keep up with the comments and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You can really just, just focus on what you want to talk about. Yeah. Um, and, and then like hearing your story on that podcast about sitting there at the grinder or the, the, the belt or something like that, I think, yeah. you, can, you know, just yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's kind of one of those moments. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I spent a lot of time in my shop. Uh, a buddy of mine from work came up by last night. We had to make, um, he, he's a big outdoorsman and they were cusk traps. I think he called them. They were for fishing, for ice fishing. It basically is just a board that you wrap string around. And it's like a drop line, a fancy drop line, I guess you would call it. But, um, I, you know, right after work, we come in here and he's like, oh, my God, I didn't know we're going to just like get to it. And we were here working for quite a while. He ended up leaving. And it was um, it was just funny because I spent a lot of time in the shop and I do it just because I love it. But also because I just it's just very therapeutic for me. I just feel like it's, um, you know, I just don't sit well thinking about life in general and things like that. And it's. for me, it just passes time in a pleasant way. You know, right. it's, um, you know, it's just, it just keeps me busy. It's like another yeah. day under my belt, you know? So it's, um, it's more therapeutic for me than it is to make stuff. I think sometimes, right. Which for better or for worse, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I did a, um, 
I, one of the things that I love doing is hand painting signs, yeah. uh, hand painting projects, because that's just something where you just, you really have to be in tune with the project. And, uh, I just saw your, your restoration, uh, of your mother-in-law's sign. Yeah. Yeah. And when I was yeah. watching that, I was, I was taken back to me painting signs and just how, how fun. So is that therapeutic for you? Is that, is yeah. It, yeah, it was funny. That sign, I was so nervous touching it because it's not not confusing, but so it's my wife's stepmother. So it's not, you know, that's what like a lot of people, they read the description. They're like, oh, yeah. oh your wife's grandfather. No, it's my, her, it's her stepmother's father had painted the sign. He, he died about probably 20, 25 years ago. And this guy, he, he was an he wasn't a professional artist, but this guy just made the most beautiful things. You know, I have rocks from him that he painted into little things and just he was an amazing guy. And my mother-in-law, she's very talented. And it's um, funny. They live up in New Hampshire and I'm trying to get her involved in this makerspace. My father-in-law just passed away recently and she's alone up there and it's in the middle of the country. And they have this beautiful makerspace up in uh, Wolfboro, New Hampshire and uh, called Maker's Mill. And um, I want to get involved in there because she's very artistic. Well, her brother, he's very artistic. Mm. And his son, he's very, he's the one that people follow along. I did a couple posts. There was a beetle sign on the wall. He, it's an oil paint, and he had painted that years ago. And he's very, very talented. He, that's what he does professionally. He paints, you know, portraits and, you know, wall murals and stuff like that. And so it wasn't even just screwed up the sign. It's like her side of the family is like hardcore artists. And here I am. I was like, oh, I'll just clean it up, put a little varnish on it, seal it. And when I started touching it, all the paint just started coming off of it. Oh, and I'm like, oh, man, I just ruined this thing, you know. And um, I talked to um, a woman I had met who's local. I met her at Workbench Con last year, Brittany Carbone. should check out her stuff. She does. She's very talented with resin art, she does. But um, she did a lot of painting, so I reached out to her, and she's like, get yourself some acrylics and do this. And I started doing it, and I was like, oh, I can do this, you know. And right. um, it was funny. I, I tell you, this documentary I had watched um, – called uh it was Penn and Teller had made it was called I think it was Tim's Vermeer I'm saying that wrong it's the artist I don't know if anybody if you've ever seen it you should it basically this guy debunks how he thinks he was a fraud not a fraud but how he used one of those um I forget what they call it it's the it's like from the 1800s it's a like a glass that you look through and you can see it's like a projector it projects onto paper and he was copying artworks and this guy was wow. able to mass do these masters and you know, he's never painted a day in his life just by doing this process and it was basically like as long as you can match the color to the color next to it you can get it you know and um it's um i'll, I'll give you the information because you should put yeah. it in the show notes it's a very very i watched it with jimmy one time when we were at uh down in louisville we put it on for about two minutes on um I think it was on Netflix or something like that. And me, him, Bernie Solo, and Chad watched the whole movie. It's like two hours. It was just like that. It's that interesting. But um, that's basically what I did with this. I kind of just copied what was there next to it and just kept going with it. And once I got going, I just got a ton of confidence. And I've always wanted to do that. I, um, I had seen a painting somebody paint a lemon uh john peters do you follow john at all yeah i do he, he's amazing yeah. i love john he painted a lemon one time 
I literally went out the next day, bought a little canvas, all these paints. <laughs> They've all since dried. I've never done it. Yeah. But he made it look so approachable. And um, that's what I love about his channel and the stuff he does. He, um, It was so approachable. I was like, I can paint a lemon. I never did, right. but I could, you know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just funny. Well, it's like Bob Ross. You're, you watch him paint, and he's like, oh, happy little accidents, you know, whatever. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. my entire canvas is a happy accident. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny because everything I do, like my kids, not so much now they're older, but when they were little, they'd be like, Dad, you're so smart. You can do this. You can do this. And a lot of it, I, I'm just I, I'm more of an interested person in things. So I'm always interested in how something works and stuff. But I'm always like, if you just like can get something done like you can be that person like you know like i watched somebody change brakes on a car one time and i was like you know they took the tire off they took the stuff off the unbolted they got the pads off and they put the pads on and they bolted them back together and now they're a mechanic you know and i'm like i could do that you know and i've always done that i this my car I have now is my first car I had that's new at 50 years old. I bought it new and I think the brakes are starting to go and it'll be the first car. I may not do my own brakes, but <laughs> I was just like, it seems so easy. I feel like I have to do it, but that's how I feel about everything I do. You know, it's just like, you know, I watch somebody on YouTube do it. Not that stuff is easy because believe me, I try it and it's not easy. I learned that lesson over the summer making a big farmhouse table. You know, I, I learned a very valuable lesson doing that. Not mm -hmm. that I'm not a table maker, but uh, it's just um, just copy what you see and then you yeah. can be that person, you know. I think one of the great things that you put into your YouTube videos is, hey, I made this mistake. This is, mm. you know, uh, You'll be like pro tip number 12, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, here's here's where I, what I, what went wrong and how you fix it yeah. and, you know, yeah. roll with the punches. Yeah, like people say, it's important to show mistakes because there's a lot of people like, I mean, you know, you have a pretty good following. Like a lot of people look up to you, you know, and you don't think of that. Yeah. And I think a lot of people think they watch people do stuff and, and and I'll say it, and I'm sure he'll listen to this podcast, but Jimmy will even admit it. Like, you look at Jimmy's videos, and you're like, oh, my God, that is so cool what he made. Right. And then you go and see it, and you're like, that's not really what it looked like on the video, you yeah. know? And you're looking through it and stuff. And he's like, yeah, it's just, you know, hey, I did this, but I learned this technique, and that's what I was really going for. And you realize, like, everybody doesn't make perfect stuff, mm -hmm. you know? And... um I, I um, who posted? I think it was like Daniel Dunlap. Just today, I opened up Instagram, and he filled a joint with sawdust and glue, and he said, "Do this technique and be the woodworker you wish you were." You know, but I just thought it was cool that he showed that because yeah. a lot of people would. Go, I'd never show myself doing that, right. even though they do it all the time. Not that everybody does, but I think it's important to give people confidence to say that, "Hey, I make mistakes too." You know, like everything doesn't come out right all the time. You know, right. yeah, I think there's this uh, misconception because it's it's you see it on the Internet or whatever. You see it on Instagram and you look at the person's work and they've got this amazing portfolio of all these finished products and stuff. Uh, I was watching what was the guy uh, from Four Eyes? He's he's kind of taking his new channel. Sean Boyd. Sean. That's it. Sean, Thank you. Yeah. So I was watching uh, Sean's video of his recent build and he's like all of the mistakes that he's that he made throughout the project and stuff. But then like if somebody didn't watch that video and they just see the final product, they're like, wow, that is amazing. I could never be this yeah. guy. But if you go back yeah. and you watch the video, you're like, oh, he 
made all the same mistakes that I probably would make. And um, I think that's good to to share with people yeah. because if you're at the bottom of the mountain looking up, you know, thinking these people are somebody great, they're not. They're yeah. making all the same mistakes. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, this is how naive or stupid, whatever you want to call it, I was. I remember being at Jimmy's. This was years ago. And he made a video. I, I forget what he made, but he used the jump press. I think the jump share, jump share, right, to cut a piece of sheet metal. And it was dull. And the whole day, he's just bitching about how dull the blade is, right? And we, he's jumping on it, jumping on it, jumping it, getting it to cut. So he's editing the video, and I watch it. And I was like, dude, is that the same share? I said, did you have the blade chop? And he's like, no. I go, because it's shop there. He goes, oh, no, I edited out all the other ones. And I was like, what? Mm. And I was like, I never thought of that. Like, and I never thought, like, you just edit out the mistakes. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And I was like, oh, my God, like, that's unbelievable. And it's funny because now, obviously, I do that, yeah. you know, and it's I do, like, these little reels. And it's like, you know, sometimes it's like you do, do like, a little cross dissolve and it's like nothing's lined up right. And it's like, oh, there it is. It's, it is right, you know. And uh, it's just funny, but people don't realize that, you know. Right. It, it, it really opened your eyes up or my eyes up when we did the TV show and you realized nothing <laughs> is what it, way it was. <laughs> and it's like, wow, like, you can really do a lot with editing you yeah. know and it's it's amazing you know but people don't realize that you know right when you were on the full blast podcast you that was uh -huh. before the show had aired yes and you weren't sure how it was gonna yeah splice together yeah yeah i was nervous so yeah. uh after you went back and watched it, you were like, wait, yeah. did they, they took out that whole section or, yeah, or yeah, how did this magically yeah. get fixed? <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was just amazing. Like the stuff they did, you know? And, um, it was just funny because a lot of the stuff, like the, um, different conversations and things like that, they, um, you know, it, it, the way they filmed it, it was like like day one, we would like meet the kids and get the stuff, the supplies. Then it was kind of like filming us announcing like what we were doing to lay the groundwork. And then they would film us and we'd have a mic on. You had a mic on all the time, but they'd be like, OK, we need these lines describing this, this. But most of the show that you see is just footage of us talking like mm -hmm. real talk. And so that was kind of scary when we realized like. <laughs> Oh, they're using all the other audio like, uh oh, like, you know, yeah, did, you how bad did I talk <laughs> about my kids? You know, yeah. did I did I rip my my boss? You know, so <laughs> it, they did a great job with the edit. And I think they they were really good. They were like, we're not going to like do any gotcha stuff or anything like that, right. you know, and um, they did a great job. But you, you wonder, you know, you're like, what did I say? <laughs> you know, so. yeah. One of one of my the funniest moments uh, on the show to me was when you were over there. You were working on something by yourself, and you're like, everybody else mm -hmm. is out doing fun stuff, and you were like having to, yeah. I don't know, do yeah. something. I don't even remember yeah. what it was because yeah, yeah. you were over there like, hey Jimmy, yeah, hey Jimmy, you know, well, and he's over there just getting all the glory, all the camera time. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that whole thing was supposed to be a like a little bit. You know, we yeah. would get. Um, 
on each other's nerves a little bit. It, it started to get tough. It was real hot out. You know, we were filming all, not all summer, but it was getting into the summer. And, um, you know, they got windows closed, doors closed. So, you know, you're with each other for 12 to 16 hours a day. So people start getting a little bit touchy. Right. And at one point, you know, um, I wanted to do something one way. Jimmy wanted it the other way. And um, kind of snapped at each other a little bit. And mm-hmm. the director picked up on that. And uh, he's like, you know, ask Jimmy, you know, what, what do you want you to do? So I was like, hey, Jimmy, you know, what, what can I do now? And he, he just kind of snapped at me. So he goes, keep asking him, keep mm-hmm. going. So I asked him, and it took Jimmy about four times to realize they were on doing a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. They ended up cutting it all out, but I must have asked them 20 times, hey, Jimmy, <laughs> you know, how's this or whatever, you know. Yeah. But uh, it was a lot of fun. It's, uh, you know, those things I wish I uh, could do it again, but who knows what's ever going to happen with it, you know. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, so when, when I had Jimmy on the podcast, I – I told him, I said, hey, look, I signed the petition. He goes, hey, I didn't put the petition out there. He said that was Chad. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I said, hey, I don't care who put it out there. Somebody had to put it out there because yeah, watching that show with my kids, and I hadn't known you really outside of just a couple of small interactions that we had had yeah. and yeah. stuff, but I was like, I know them. Like I was telling my kids, and they thought, you know, yeah. oh, my gosh, you know somebody on TV? And uh, yeah. it was – but – the thing that I loved about it, and I told Jimmy this, is that it was such a different and unique show to me. Um, yeah. It was, you had a little bit of the home improvement, something that I can and get my kids to watch about making, yeah. to see if they were excited about making. Because uh, yeah. my kids, I, I don't know if your kids ever go out into the shop. I mean, your kids are older. Yeah, yeah. No, they never really had any interest in it, which really bums me out. But yeah. But yeah. So when did you start um, kind of making stuff? Your I think your daughter kind of spurred you on to doing it. Well, or? so I've always made stuff. Um, even when I was a little kid, I I my uh, I just had gone through some like personal um, belongings of my mother. She we had just we she been in a nursing home for a while, but we we're just going through some of her stuff. And I was hoping she had it when I was away camping one time when I was probably about nine or ten years old i got my first like little pocket knife and i carved an arrow out of a stick and i've always had it and i know it's somewhere i don't know where i don't i know it never would have gotten thrown out but i've always been like not carving but just doing stuff i've always been an interested kid i have books my mother had given me i still have them from when i was like eight nine years old it was always the book was you know how it's made um where it's made you know always stuff like that and um i always did that type stuff so what happened with me was um growing up i played hockey and my father was just like, you know, we don't have money for you to play hockey anymore. If you want to play, you're going to have to work, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was about 13 years old. And his friend, mutual friend we knew was a, a contractor. And he said he can come up with me and clean sites and stuff like that. And I started doing it. And I loved it. And I would work every 
summer vacation every weekend. I just, I was probably about 12 or 13 years old when I started. I just showed somebody this porch I painted when I was about 14 years old. It was a three family house. It was actually six family, but three levels. It was like side by side. It was on a hill and it was the back porch. I took a whole summer and I just painted it. This guy would come up and he'd put up a 40-foot ladder. Mm -hmm. He'd come by for a break. He'd move it over for me. And my parents allowed me to do it. And I'm like, <laughs> nowadays, they'd be yeah. arrested, you know. <laughs> but, um, you know, I was like 16 to 17 years old. I was making more than my father was, you know. And um, I loved it. And um, I told this on the other podcast, but I'll repeat it. So I thought I was just going to be a contractor. I had always done that type work. And um, the guy I worked for, I'm still friendly with him to this day. But um, we built a house up in New Hampshire. And I was like, you know, he's like, oh, I got great news to tell you. We had just finished the house. I thought we we're going to build another one. He goes, I got a job as a school teacher. Mm. I'm like, <laughs> what, what are you, how are you going to work? He goes, I'm, I'm not. I'm done. And he was a young guy. I was probably 18. He was probably 35. I go, but I, I don't understand. I was like, you're not going to get any money. So he told me he was going to make $25,000 a year. And at the time, he was making like 60000 And I just went out to dinner with him recently. And he's like, I lied to you. It was 17000 He goes, but I just wanted to sound like I was making a lot of money, oh you gosh. know. But um, he stayed being a teacher. He just retired as a vice principal of a school system, I mean, and he loved it. And um, but I was just like, "What about me?" Yeah. And um, and he's like, "You got to get a job." And I tried, you know, working on my own. I couldn't. I got a job. You know, um, you know, I joke around, say I work at a pizza parlor. I work for a utility company now, and uh, I've been there thirty four years. I took it as a temporary job for a year because yeah. the economy was horrible, and you know, the steady paycheck and the benefits always was nice but i've always done things on the side i had my builder's license i just gave it up a couple of years ago and i do you know odd jobs but as i got older it was just sick of building decks and putting in replacement windows so i started to get i had a little shop at my house you know so it was just getting to be too much doing that type work so right you know so you, you've been doing it you said 34 years yeah, yeah, four years. Yeah, thirty-four and, years at the same job. Yeah, and you're you're doing uh, different projects like out at different places. At my regular job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I work mainly downtown Boston, and I work underground. Okay. So yeah, so that that's my thing, and uh, yeah, I tell people like I say I don't name the company. I work for a. Uh, communications company and um i work on old lines from like um from like 1920s 1930s before they had plastic when things were encased in lead and paper you know and right. it's um it's kind of just interesting people don't realize so um the old phone lines they used to pressure they still do we pressurize them with air so if the lead cracks, instead of water coming in, air will come out and it will bubble, mm. you know, and um, but it degrades over time from electrolysis. It moves, it gets cracked and stuff like that. So it needs to be maintained. And it's um, the system. It's so old, like a town like Boston, they still utilize it. You know, it's not as simple as people saying just um you know, take everything out and move it. And it, it just, you, you can't do that, you know, and it's, uh, so that's what keeps us employed, you right. know, and, um, it's, you know, it, most stuff is trend, you know, on fiber optics now and stuff like that. But, um, 
you know, there's I, I tell people it's like picture, you know, if you have a stereo in your living room and you want to put speakers in your kitchen and this is before wireless speakers, right, right. <laughs> you know, you, you'd run your speaker wire to it so you could hear it. So now, like in a city, they build a police station. They want to move another police station over town. They don't run new lines from it. They rent lines from us. And we maintain them. So they're not technically telephone lines. We call them circuits, you know, so they still get used. But people do have lines for, you know, um, you know, elevators, stuff like that. Yeah. And um, yeah, and that's what I do. It's an interesting job. It, it's uh, different, you know. Yeah. So your your temporary one year job that turned into 34 years. is yeah. It's, it's yeah. like mine. Yeah. I'm, I'm in yeah. oil and gas. I thought, you know, yeah. we talked a little bit in the pre-show uh, about uh our different jobs and it, the big dream was you know I, I wanted to be a firefighter so i went to to the yeah. uh, firefighter school and worked for the fire department and i just couldn't get yeah. hired on as a full-time firefighter and i thought yeah my, my buddy that lived across the street from me says hey i work for this this oil and gas company and i'm like well i don't want to pump gas for a living <laughs> and uh so, you know that's what everybody thinks that i do and uh um, yeah so I was like, well, I'll, I'll take it. You know, when he told me the pay, you know, how much they paid, I was like, oh, that sounds like a, that sounds like a yeah. good gig. <laughs> yeah. I'll try that for a while. Yeah. I'll try that for a while. Look at me now, uh, going on 18 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny. The time goes by when I tell people 34 years, I'm always like, I got to do the math because I'm not sure if that's right. You know, it's, yeah. um, it's just, it's just a long time, you know, it's, uh, you know, the time just goes by, right. you know, I just, uh, where's it go? I don't know. Yeah. You so know. as you were doing this and doing the, the making stuff on the side, um, and you know, just trying to find your, your passion and was yeah. there over the, over the last 34 years, has there ever been a time up until recently where you're like, I want to do this full time? Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, so it probably, um, like say 10 years ago, maybe a little bit more, 15 years ago, I was doing, like I said, I was doing construction while I was doing this and uh, things were going really good, like the last big boom. So probably, I don't know, when was that? Like whatever year it was. And I was considering leaving, but at the time, you know, we have a, a pension and I probably had like 20 years, 22 years and people are like, you know, you're getting so far invested, you can't leave. Yeah. You know, and then you, um, you start to believe it. Mm-hmm. You know, I work with, you know, mainly a bunch of men, you know, a couple of women, but mo- mostly guys. And, you know, a lot of guys don't, you know, this is all they ever knew. So it's kind of like you get caught up in that mentality and we make a lot of our money on overtime and you can work as much as you want, you know, mm-hmm. and um, you kind of get stuck, hooked on that, you know, and there was a time where I wouldn't give up one minute of overtime. You know, I, I worked for years. I'd work 70, 75 hours a wow. week. You know, I worked one time 58 days without a day off, you know, seven days a week. And uh, you just kind of just you, you just you get you get hooked on it you know right. and uh it's a big ego thing too you know with guys and um i started you know really you know when i met jimmy jimmy really encouraged me like you should really post online and show people what you're doing you know show me you get this stuff going on 
And I did, and I really loved it. But um, the problem was I really needed the money, to be honest with you. I just kind of, you know, my wife wasn't working. She stayed at home with the kids. And then um, as the kids got older and she went back to work, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I could cut back a little bit. And it was hard to do because, like I said, it was like I couldn't turn down in a minute of overtime. And then um, finally, I mean, honestly, when COVID hit, I was kind of like, screw it. I'm done, right. you know. Um, and then right after we finished filming the show, we had lost Aaron. And that was like a real wake-up call. Yeah. Like, life's short, you know. And, um, you know, and uh, I was just like, I can't do – I don't want to do this anymore, mm -hmm. you know. And um, it's funny because as guys from work would come over my house, they'd be like, dude, I didn't know you had this going on. Like, I yeah. thought, like, you were, like, you know, just, like, messing around with like yeah. a little saw Whittling or arrows. yeah exactly <laughs> it's like you know they're like, like you got like machines in your house and stuff like what the hell are you doing over here you know yeah. and then um it really opened my eyes and um you know we started doing the show and filming it and that was just such a long drawn-out process and Honestly, a foreman at work that came into my life who it's very, you know, we're a union company and it's very, we don't talk to the foreman. It's very hard line right there. Mm -hmm. But this guy was kind of different and uh, his daughter was an artist and I think he kind of saw a little something in me that I didn't even see in me, you know, and he's like, you don't belong here, dude. Right. You know, he's like, you're just like, you know, like on like socialized welfare here. It's like, you're so you're like, just like institutionalized. He's like, you, you got to figure out how to get out of here. And, um, you know, it, it, with the economy dropping and everything, you know, I thought this year I might be able to do it. Our pensions took a huge hit. And his attitude's like, who cares, dude? Right. Like, go make the money somewhere else, you know? But it's... I can't do it. You know, I can't bring myself to do it, especially with my kids still in college. It's, uh, it's tough. You know, once the youngest one's out, maybe, but I, I do, I, I dream about it, you know, but it's, um, sometimes I just think it's fantasy. You know, I, I laugh to myself when people, you know, you go to the maker events and people are like, Oh, I just want to do my dream and stuff. It's like, you know what? The guy, you know, you know, cleaning toilets, wanted to live his dream too but you know what this is where he ended up like we all can't like make a living making stuff for right. a living you know like that's not the way life works unfortunately you know sometimes you can't do what your dream job is and i sometimes i say maybe i'm that guy you know but as time goes by i'm just like you know everything happens for a reason and every time there's been like a big change in my life it's gotten better so i just kind of feel like i gotta ride the wave a little bit longer and just see what happens you know right. um this this past year was tough i thought like with the show coming out it um would really kind of give me the boost i needed to send me over the edge and it didn't you know and um it, it was it was a tough pill to swallow. It was like, you know, I didn't think I was going to be the next big TV star, but I, I thought maybe, you know, this would give me enough momentum to bring in business to, you know, um, to to give me the encouragement to leave. But honestly, and I'll say it here, it did the exact opposite. I went from being so busy. I had more work than I could want to having nothing. And I don't know, you know, some people are like, maybe your prices were too high. I was like, people weren't even asking me for stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like I couldn't even give them a price. Right. But on the other hand, sponsorship, 
that totally went through the roof, you know? Right. So it was, uh, uh, you know, which I rather, and that's why this year I'm just doubling down on dealing with my sponsors because they're the ones who've been with me and, um, I'm making money from them and I enjoy that better. I don't have to answer to, well, I do have to answer somebody, but I don't have to answer to 200 people. I just right. need to answer to four or five, you know, and uh, it's worked out better. But, um, but yeah, it, it was tough. It, it was funny because a lot of people, a lot of people reached out to me, October, November. Hey, you okay? We haven't seen you around much. Cause I was thinking of hanging it up. Mm. That can be your big dig here, you know, right. uh, your big scoop here. I was seriously considering just being like, you know, I wasn't going to close my page or anything, but I felt like I'm doing a disservice to my family, mm. not working overtime. And, um, you know, it, and uh, my wife was like, no, don't do it, right. you know? Yeah. I, I definitely want to talk more about brands and working with brands in the after the Patreon yeah. after show. Yeah. Yeah, um, we can so, do that. So I want to get to that um, as well. Yeah. So uh, we'll. I've got some burning questions uh, about sure, working sure. with brands. I think that's something that a lot of people are interested in. Uh, but yeah. to make you feel uh, better about your position, I, I feel like you. You know, I caught you kind of at a, a at a pinnacle and um, mm. like a life decision moment here, right? Yeah. Kind of, um, yeah. But I'll tell you, last year, last Christmas, uh, twenty twenty one, my I, I was making so many projects for Christmas. It was just insane. Yeah. And then yeah. 2022, I made like two projects. Um, yeah. Part of that was by decision, but also yeah. a lot of it was people just weren't asking. And so I don't know if it's mm. something with the, the upcoming uh, recession potential and mm. things like that, where people were scaling back on more of that yeah. kind of stuff. Uh, but what do you, what do you enjoy making the most? I mean, you make beautiful furniture, you make awesome signs what's your yeah. what's your favorite go-to um i like the metal stuff but unfortunately like my shop's in my basement so i can't really do a ton of it and that's really like a bummer for me right now i wish um i wish i learned about metalworking a lot earlier than woodworking because like i would rather have like a plasma table and um you know, do that type stuff than a CNC. I love my CNC. I would, I, that's a lie. I wouldn't want to give it up, but right. maybe a smaller one. But, uh, but no, I, I just, the metal stuff, I just enjoy. It's like, it's like instant gratification. There's no glue drying, yeah. you know, and um, I follow a lot of people online that do like these amazing things with steel. And um, it, it's just it's so beautiful. And I think a lot of people, when they think of like metalwork and they instantly think blacksmithing. And I, honestly, I really don't enjoy blacksmithing and I don't have really no interest in that at all. Um, but it's like, I just follow these artists that make stuff like, like, um, like Ivan, I like, they just like he, this other guy, dirt customs or something. He's in, uh, oh, yeah. like Spain or something like that. He does all these angular, like animals out of like stainless steel, like the, the, you know, Jonathan Prince, he's out in Western mass. He does these amazing steel sculptures. It's like, how do these people do this? Like, it's right. just so beautiful, you know? And, um, I, I just wish I could do that more. I do a lot of stuff like with the CNC and laser just because it's kind of fun. Mm -hmm. I'm still just amazed that I can do that. You know, everybody thinks I've been doing it forever. It's only been a couple of years. You know, mm -hmm. I went to um, 
Maker Central. It must have been like 2018 or something like that. And one of the um, salespeople from Vetric was there. And um, he said, you know, this software is fairly expensive, but it's it's great software. And uh, he said, if you get a CNC, I'll give you the software. Nice. I was like, okay. And I came home and Jimmy was like, you know what? I have a brand new XCAV. If you want it, it's yours. And I got it and I loved it. I used it and uh, I started having issues. I hooked up dust collection to it mm -hmm. and it just would keep dying on me. And I didn't realize it was like the static electricity oh. would just keep knocking it out and had so many issues. And then for a little short time, I had a step craft and kind of outgrew that thing. And um, I got an Avid and I just potted up with them and did an upgrade to my machine. Mm -hmm. And it's been amazing. You know, it's um, it's just it's like a, it's just such a, a joy. It's so much better than the other one I had. It looks the same, but it's totally, totally different. It, the other one had like ball bearing rails and this one's all linear rails. And it, it just it, it's unbelievable. It's just it's so much fun. But with them, um, I want to start getting into doing stuff on a fourth axis, that type stuff. Okay. I just like different stuff yeah. you know um just trying different things you know so it's not like any one thing i enjoy it's like the flavor of the month like what's the new thing yeah you know yeah there's definitely an evolution i think that we as makers go through uh where yeah. you know i always try to recommend to somebody when they're when they reach out about a cnc i'm like yeah i love my cnc it's great um mm. but if this is the cnc that you're looking at for your next project look one step further and if you yeah. can stretch yourself get that next yeah. bigger one because yeah. you'll you'll not kick yourself when you get a few months down the road and realize you've reached the, yeah. the max that you can do on that machine yeah, uh, yeah. which is why yeah. i just got that um that new laser i was working with yeah. a, a 12 by 20 laser footprint before on a, a 40 yeah. watt and uh, yeah. then I just got the ohm tech and it's 35 by yeah. 55. And I'm like, holy smokes. Oh my God. Yeah. That is big. That's big for a laser. Wow. Yeah. How many watts is it? 130. Wow. Yeah. My wife came wow. out to the to the garage after they dropped it off. And she's like, I didn't know you were getting a Mini Cooper. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a big machine. That's the, that's what bums me out about the lasers. It's I just got a, uh, a full spectrum, a Titan. Yeah. And uh, I got some growing pains with it. And a lot of it's me. But um, it's I can cut I can fit a piece of two by four uh, material in there, which is uh, amazing, mm -hmm. you know, because it's like those 80 watt red and black ones. It's like such an odd size. It's like 22 by 27. Right. And it's like you get all these weird cuts of plywood. It's just, you know, you go to the plywood store. They don't want to cut it for you because it's so many weird sizes. But um, this um, full spectrum, it cuts good i was i've been able to cut three quarter inch plywood with it mm. it's a little bit angular but it'll, it'll cut it which is amazing how many watts is, but, that? Um, is that one it's a hundred watt okay. but um it doesn't use light burn and for me i'm just having a hard time like i don't really use illustrator or anything right. and i really need to learn how to use it but i've been fighting it and um, that uses a uh, retina engrave right yeah, yeah. yeah i have uh, so, i have the muse which is the, the 12 by yeah. 20 and yeah, so yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with the platform. Yeah. There's good and things, but good and bad things about it. I think, you know, it's good that yeah. you can, you can design something when you're not at your computer on their, yeah. their little deal yeah. uh, and, yeah. and send yourself to file. Uh, so you don't even need their software. 
which is, yeah. that's nice, but there's definitely limitations. I think, you know, Lightburn has a little bit more capability of yeah. controlling your machine and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 And it's like, I learned on Lightburn. So it's like my mind just mentally goes to yeah. that all the time. And, and so that's like where I, the, the disconnect is, but like I said, I need to learn. I, um, Bob Claggett had put out a class a while ago about, um, using fusion and I had bought it and, uh, went through it and still didn't know how to use it and gave up. And I just started it again. Cause I just got a 3d printer from, um, form labs. Yeah. Things amazing. Yeah. But, um, cool. I, yeah, I just got to learn how to do that stuff you know i can't just keep fighting it you know i got it's like a necessary evil you know so i gotta do it yeah so so what's the next big uh upgrade a, a shop i think it's <laughs> not working in the basement shop, how big's the basement yeah, yeah yeah it's well so it's kind of odd size it's kind of shaped like an l okay but the problem is it's not so much the um, size of it. It's just it's a very old house. The house was built in 1900, but there's columns everywhere. Okay. So you just can't get like walk through here with a sheet of plywood. And part of it, it was like everything was kind of just thrown in here. So now to like make like I should take time and make shelves and cabinets and you know drawers like i have no drawers i got like four drawers down mm -hmm. here you know so a lot of it's my own fault you know it could be organized a lot better but um yeah i just um i just don't want to take time doing that i hate right like taking time to like make organizational type stuff but i just that's not fun yeah. for me yeah uh so. it, that's the most crap i get on social media is the organization and i just tell them go back 365 days ago and yeah. just look at what my shop looked like before and yeah. you'll stop making yeah. those comments because you'll know why i yeah. had to do all that shop organization yeah stuff. <laughs> yeah yeah that's what i kind of need to do and you know people are like oh just do it and make content out of it but for me, like I find that content kind of boring. Yeah. So I'm like, I just don't even know if I could make content out of it. It's just like making drawers and putting them underneath my bench just wouldn't be exciting to right. me to even do. You know, I would never edit that. And I have a hard enough time editing the stuff I edit now. So, well, yeah. And then content creation of building a box is it, it just it doesn't perform well and then also you're you're drawing your your mind out of the process and you're like i've found that i'm more prone to make mistakes when i'm moving the camera around to get a different angle because yeah. nobody's satisfied yeah. with longer than three seconds of one shot anymore. yeah <laughs> yeah 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 exactly so, um well i know you're familiar with the show and uh yeah. on the show we do uh a game we do games on the show yeah so nice. uh we're gonna we'll play a little bit of a game i played this one with jimmy i don't know if he, he wasn't supposed to tell you any uh inside no baseball I, no I, he, he he didn't he actually didn't so <laughs> uh so what what i get to do is uh, whoop, hit the wrong button uh oh <laughs> i get to use my my bell on this one nice we're gonna play a game nice. called rapid fire uh-oh. <laughs> so uh, I don't know how quick you are on the draw, but all you got to do is say the first thing that comes to your mind. And then, uh, okay. then we'll kind of just walk down that path. And a lot of the times I all get right. sidetracked on it. Uh, yeah. But this is a way for all people right. to just, you know, we can cover a lot of ground with these questions. And because, okay. uh, you know, podcasts, you, you want to, I mean, I'm sure you and I could probably talk for three, four hours, but 
Yeah, nobody's yeah, going to yeah, want to listen yeah. to that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, but if you are that person, make sure you sign up at patreon.com slash Baker Lounge podcast yeah. for the after show. <laughs> yeah. Self selfless plug. Um, all right. So this is a game called Rapid Fire. So first thing that comes to your mind, and uh, we'll see where it goes. Uh, what is a hobby outside of like woodworking, metalworking that you have? Oh. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I do have, you don't have one. any time for I it. Used to have, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, well, my big hobby I used to have was, um, yeah, that's all I do would do is work. I used to be big into saltwater fish tanks. Oh. I had a huge hundred and like 40 gallon reef tank. So if you know anything about saltwater tanks, people usually have fish or they have a reef where you have actual live coral. Yeah. So I had like a big coral tank, beautiful, beautiful tank. That's cool. So that was a lot of fun. How do you maintain something like that? So once again, I was like into the gadgets. And at the time it was now it's very commonplace, but it was just um, starting like automation. And mine was fully automated. I could go away for a month and it would take care of itself because if you have a saltwater tank, you need to change the water. Mm-hmm. You need to add water to it every day. It's very, very tough. It's it's a big, big flex with a lot of like chemical engineers and like um, people that are into that type stuff um, because it's just very – there's like a – the ocean's an amazing place, and it's funny because I'm not really into the ocean, but I was very into the saltwater tanks on how it maintains itself. And that's why it's such a big deal about pollution and everything, because the ocean will just take care of itself. Mm. It will feed itself without any human intervention. When we start introducing stuff into it and something dies, it kills something else, which kills something else, and it's a huge chain reaction. And it's the same thing in a tank. It's like you can literally get your tank to a point where it will just feed itself. It produces its own food. And it's it's amazing when you get to that point. It takes years and years. And um, you literally will have, I had like two tanks. I had a display tank and like you don't want all your heaters and all that stuff in there. So you have a tank underneath it and you also grow stuff that like grows food for the coral and all that wow. stuff. And um, you can, you dose it uh calcium and magnesium and alkalinity to keep it stable and it's funny there's a guy local he's known throughout the world and um he became it gets expensive adding these additives but you can literally take calcium chloride that you put on your driveway for ice where are you live do you I mean, get ice said, where you are yeah, adding it? Yeah. okay so when we get ice so, it's, so, it's a de- it's yeah. a big deal yeah, you guys hide. So right. if you were to come outside, yeah. no, there's a, like the little white pellets. They have calcium chloride and magnesium chloride. That's what those white pellets are. You can literally mix that and make a solution where you add that to a fish tank and that that makes the coral grow. And, um, and then once you have coral that grows, you can propagate them and cut them and reattach them to stuff and they'll regrow and people sell it. And it's wow. like having a garden, like, you know, you, you get your neighbor starts giving you tomatoes. That's how it is with the fish tank. You literally have to trim it back or it will just kill each other. It'll, it'll just 
it'll die, but it's so fragile. But mine was fully automatic. It it um it was computer controlled. It had sensors in it, so it maintains its heat, its alkalinity, the water flow, the wa- even the water changing. I had an empty barrel, fifty five gallon drum, and I had pumps that would slowly every day take out three gallons of water and add three gallons of water, and it would evaporate about a gallon of water a day, depending upon wow. the year. Because if you don't add water, it gets too salty and everything dies. That's crazy. So it's like a really balancing act. It's it's amazing. If you go online, I, this was before like YouTube was a thing. I mean, I'm sure YouTube, you can go on there and look at reef tanks. Like there's people in Thailand, like Thailand, they're really huge. People convert their backyard swimming pools to tanks. It's, wow. It's, it's, it's. You want to talk about people? You think woodworkers spend money? Right. Festool's got nothing on <laughs> uh, on Vortec pumps. I mean, people will spend money on fish. I I had a friend, um, this Asian gentleman, who was very big into like feng shui and everything. Yeah. And I don't understand that. He would literally call me at eleven o'clock at night. You need to come over and take this coral. He'd spend a thousand dollars on a piece of coral. He would rip out of his tank because it wasn't blending properly, or it just people are into it like you would it's they cut little pieces of coral they call them frags or fragments and uh they'll sell them for five hundred dollars it's 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 money like you have no idea it's just uh, a lot of a lot of money that's crazy a lot of money so that was kind of my other hobby yeah saltwater tanks that sounds very interesting yeah nobody yeah, would know is. that about it you is. like you know that that yeah. was your my, my kids always did amazing in science because their teachers were like they did a project on on the ocean i, I know why they did that yeah. you know because <laughs> uh, dad was always helping them but yeah yeah, yeah. Derek, you weren't Derek from Alden at that point. You were, no, yeah. no, Derek, Derek no. just did it. And, uh, yeah, they got the grade for it. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, okay. Let me see. Skip over that one. We've talked about that actually. Uh, most expensive thing that you've built. Hmm. I built a house, but that doesn't count. Expensive. Let me think. Yeah. Our home, our um, home's pretty expensive out there. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. It was just I, I got my hair cut today, and my barber, his wife just had their second child, and they're currently renting an apartment for thirty six hundred dollars a oh month. And he's like, "How am I ever going to buy a house?" And it's funny, a woodworker. Um, I don't think he listens to this. I won't mention his name. He lives in Florida. And he was thinking of moving up here, and. Um, he just uh, couldn't believe the prices, yeah. you know. And uh, you know, I tell people, you make one hundred and fifty grand in Boston, you're living paycheck to paycheck. Right. And it's if you got a family, that's the truth. It's like that a lot of places in this country, yeah. unfortunately. But yeah, wow. it's uh, it's expensive. But the most expensive thing, probably that dining room table I just made. That white oak table. Okay. Excuse me, it was all quarter-sawn white oak. Probably that I would think. Yeah. How long did it yeah. take you? Um, it took a couple months just because I was working at my buddy's shop and we were working on it like on a Saturday, but probably, uh, if we did it all at once, maybe like a week's worth of work, it probably would have taken, yeah. you know, like probably about seven or eight days. And, um, hopefully that lamp I posted, if that sells, that will be the most expensive thing I made. That's searchlight lamp. I don't know if you'd seen that. It was on my Instagram. Okay. Yeah. That thing's really nice. It's, uh. A, a searchlight off a yacht from like 1910. That's so cool. Bronze. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. It really is. So. Awesome. 
you're doing a YouTube video on it? Not really, because it wasn't much to it. I did a couple little clips of reels, but it was basically, you know, the light was just cleaned up. And then I, I probably should have after because I wasn't going to touch the base. And then I kind of ended up doing stuff to it. And yeah. I should have did, but it wasn't like I don't. Like I, that's what I do sometimes. I'll do something, be like, ah, nobody will find this interesting. Right. Cause it was kind of like just cleaning it up a lot. But, um, yeah, you know, people like watching that stuff. Then you can enjoy the process a little bit more if you're not. Yeah. To yeah. Move yeah. The camera yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All right. Next one. Do you have a pet peeve? Hmm. Not really. You don't seem I'm too excitable. Just chill. Like, yeah, no, it takes a lot. You know, like people always say that to me, like, oh, sorry to make you upset over this. It's like, I don't know. I, I, I'm always complaining. Like, it's funny when I think Jimmy, when he was on your podcast, he said his pet peeve was people that complain. And I was like, how do you ever deal with me? Cause that's all I do is complain. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I get worked up about a lot of stupid things, but most of the time it's me. Yeah. Like my pet peeve is me and me and how I react to things sometimes, you know, right. but, uh, you just no, really boss. Yeah. Just like things I kind of just, um, yeah, I can't think of anything that'd be my pet peeve. Yeah. yeah. I think the older I get, the less pet peeves I have, you know, there, there are yeah. things that work that I could, I could think of that exact scenario that happened five years ago. And now yeah. I'm kind of like, eh. at the end of the day, yeah. it doesn't really matter. Five years ago, it yeah. bothered me. And then the, the end outcome is like, it's all going to yeah. wash out. <laughs> yeah. Would always drive me crazy. Like mostly like what my kids is like when, like when they wouldn't try hard, like at school or something, they're all very accomplished in their own way. Yeah. And uh, they, I've got four great kids and uh, I can't complain about any one of them. But um, I just always felt like I've fought for everything I have, yeah. like fight, like, you know, have some fight in your life, you yeah. know, that's good. Uh, so actually, speaking of that, a best childhood memory. Jesus, best childhood memory. We go deep memory. here on this, on, the, on these questions. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of stupid, but it was, um, one thing I remember was, so I grew up right outside of Boston and, and Somerville, which is, was kind of part of Boston back in the day. Like we'd get Boston holidays, but I remember as a kid, the tall ships came to Boston and I was probably like in the third grade. My parents let me stay home from school and brought us into my whole family into Boston. And it was like a blast and it was like such a big deal because the tall ships had never been to Boston mm -hmm. and you got to go on all like there was like a battleship, an aircraft carrier, the John F. Kennedy was there. And um, I just remember it was like a beautiful day and uh, it was just um, it was just cool doing it because like all the beautiful sailboats like they're huge and, you know, it's just Boston's just beautiful right, right. on the ocean and everything. So. I mean, that just kind of comes to memory randomly. I don't even know why I would have thought of yeah. that, to that, be honest with that's you. That's the great thing about this this uh, little game that we do is, is sometimes it takes yeah. something out of you and you're like, huh, yeah, I hadn't thought about that in, in a while. It's, it's, yeah, it's yeah, fun. yeah, uh, yeah. All right. Do you play an instrument? Um, I didn't like in school. I played um, saxophone, but it's funny. I was just saying in my partner and work, I always one of my daughters kind of was interested in learning how to play the piano but they were always so busy they never 
my, none of my kids have uh, played any instruments. And um, I've always wanted to learn how to play the piano. Yeah. That's still like a dream of mine before I die is just learn how to play the piano. I tried the guitar and it was just very difficult for me. Yeah. And um, but I just always want to learn how to play the piano. Yeah. Instruments are, are another like it's my hobby outside of woodworking and making is just I'm, no, I'm not any good at it because I spend most of my time woodworking. <laughs> yeah. What instrument? Uh, guitar. I play. Um, my wife gets mad oh, at me sure because she uh, yeah. I'll hear something on the, on TV or something like a little jingle or something. And then I'll go over to the piano. We've got a piano and a keyboard. I, I go over to the piano and I'm, oh. you know, in a couple minutes I've like kind of figured it out, you know, I mean, it doesn't sound great. Yeah, like yeah. You, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't play yeah. for anybody, but I'll just play like yeah. a little jingle. And she's like, man, you can, you can play any, any, thing. you oh, know, that's just, amazing. I play by ear. Yeah. And it, it's fun, you know, to, to have something. Yeah. So I feel like if yeah. I ever got into woodworking as a full-time job, um, Mm. that it's good to have something outside of that full-time job to take your mind off of the job. Yeah. So yeah. I'd actually be yeah. able to enjoy my secondary hobby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know somebody who actually did that. They had a, you know, a, a corporate job and uh, they went, left it to be with their family, went into woodworking and that uh, very, very, very successful, mm. but it got to be such a chore that they went back to, the corporate world because it just destroyed it right and uh didn't enjoy it anymore yeah and it just is just like sometimes that saying you'll be careful what you wish for yeah you know it's uh th i think there's a audio clip going out there for reels or whatever it's like i didn't want to work a nine to five so i started my own business yeah and, you know yeah and yeah. uh and then now, now you're 24 hours a 24 day, hours a yeah. day. and yeah. people are like yeah. i don't want to work for i don't want to work for my boss anymore i don't want to work for the man anymore and then they don't yeah. realize that when they start taking commission jobs on that, that now they have 15, 20, 30 bosses yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're all competing yeah. for the same priority. Yeah. It's funny because that's, to be honest with you, that's the issue I have with, I, I do fairly well at work mm -hmm. and um, it's just tough because I don't, when I don't work a weekend and I, you know, make a couple signs and they get ruined. And then, you know, I sell them and people are like, oh, it's a little bit expensive. It's like, I could have literally been at work making probably four times as much as I made off of this right. and worked a tenth of as hot, you know? Yeah. And so I say to myself, why am I doing this? Right. You know? And then people say, oh, you love it. But you know what? There's college tuitions, there's car payments, you know, there's mortgages right. that need to be paid. Sometimes, you know, just because you love it sometimes isn't good enough. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's true. Uh, what kind of beard oil do you use? <laughs> None. Everybody's always All shocked. Natural. I, I actually, I I do use it once in a while, and it's my buddy Rocco. I post once in a while Uplift provisions. I use his stuff, Uplift. Yeah. So if I do use any product, it's always Uplift. And uh, Rocco's a good guy, and he started that business, and literally in his kitchen, and he cuts hair from Wednesday to Saturday, and then Sunday to Wednesday, he's schlepping around the country trying to sell uplift provisions. So if you see it at your barber shop, please buy yeah. it. He's a good guy, and he's and he donates part of it to drug recovery oh, cool. and uh, efforts. So yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah. I, I love hearing yeah. businesses that that do that. 
Uh-oh. Yeah, him and his business partner, they started, they they met in a drug rehab. They've both been clean for about 15 years, and they're very, very successful. They went from a two-chair barbershop. They have about 14 chairs there. They make a ton of dough, and, and Rocco's doing his thing with this this uplift provisions. Cool. And uh, Is that the guy yeah. that you had in your yeah, video? Yeah, about once uh, in a while. In your, a celebrity walked up behind you or something, right? Wasn't there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Lenny Clark. Yeah. He, I, I mean, he's, he's an older comedian. But he used to, you know, have his own show, and you know, he was on the Tonight Show, and yeah, yeah, he's a big deal, Lenny Clark. Yeah, yeah. he was on the uh, yeah. Joe Rogan show, I think. The, yeah, yeah, Joe yeah. Rogan Experience. Yeah. yeah, very cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, only a couple more. Uh, yeah. Biggest fear. Yeah. <sighs> I could make something up. My biggest fear up until about three years ago was honestly dying before my children grew up. That was my biggest, that was my whole motivation in life is living that long like that. And I think as a parent, that's a lot of people's, but now, um, I don't want to sound like a tough guy. I'm not really afraid of anything. Yeah. Like, you Some know, people it's are like, like I feel like, you know, that's my biggest. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'll show you some pictures of work. Yeah. It's just, you can't be afraid of right. that. But uh, yeah, no, I just, I'm not really like a worried of anything like yeah. that. You know, nothing really bothers you me. You mentioned a couple books um, early on in the podcast. Uh, so we'll make this the, the last one. Uh, books or audio books nowadays. Um, honestly, neither. I used to love to read Stephen King. I like read him or John Grisham. Um, but I haven't really, honestly, I haven't read a book in years. I read a book recently. My wife had given me up make me cry is, um, last like October, November when I was like, I'm done. I can't do this. She given me a book. It was just a small little book. She said, she goes, I just wanted you to have it. It was, um, I don't remember his name, but it was a guy. He was like the head of the Navy SEALs and he wrote a little book, um, Just Make Your Bed. It's like a famous mm-hmm. college speech he had given. And, um, you know, I was just like, you know, it was just an easy read. It was like a th- three hour read, but it was, um, it was just funny. It was just the timing of it. You know, I had told her that she's like, I want you to read this book, you know, and, um, and it did kind of make me want to, you know, keep going. And, um, you know, and it was funny because Jimmy was just like, you know, if you give up, you know, you know what the answer is, right. you know, so you got to keep pushing forward. So, yeah. so that's what I kind of doing. That's, that's you know, the book is, uh, by William McRaven. And so I'll, I'll yeah. link to that in the show notes. So if anybody's interested yeah. in, yeah, yeah, it's good. Cool. Awesome. Well, that's a, that's a game called rapid fire. Um, yeah, it's, it, you know, like I said, it's, it's a good way for us to cover a lot of ground, which I think we did. We yeah. talked about childhood yeah. memories yeah. all the way to, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to, to current events. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. we we got, we got the after show. Yeah. Now that's just for your patrons. Uh, yeah. Yep. Before we go there, I just wanted to say, because these people won't hear it. I don't think people realize 
how important it is to be a patron. You know, my father, I, I'll admit, I don't support everybody I listen to and watch, but my father had always taught us like in Boston, we'd always be in Boston growing up because it was an easy, cheap day out as a family because you could walk around and look and it was free. But my father would always say, if you stop to listen to the guy playing the guitar, you're obligated to put money in his mm. hat. Otherwise, you're stealing, you know, and it always resonated with me. And I have some patrons. I have a lot more than a lot of people I think would be surprised to know I have. But um, I just am like blown away by my patrons because yeah. like they've been there, like some of them from day one. And I don't think they realize how helpful it is, even if you give somebody a dollar. Right. It's it's just it goes so long. Like I needed, uh, I'll be straight with you. About six months ago, you know, money was tight. I hadn't touched my Patreon money, and I was able to buy some stuff I needed for my shop. You know, I just did it like like a couple of weeks ago, and it's it's like it's real. Yeah. You know, it's not like going to you know nothing. It 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 truly truly helps out. So I just wanted to say Thank that you, you know, yeah. if people are thinking of supporting you or anybody, you know, it just goes a long long way, and it is extremely helpful. Yeah, I think um, so. you know even more than that, and I appreciate you saying that. It's it's building a community of people who, um, you know, you feel like you're able to give them value. Um, you know, yeah. I, I can sit here and I can, I can selfishly, I get to talk to people like you, like Jimmy, like Izzy, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. You know, yeah. great, great people in the community. And selfishly, that's awesome for me because I get to ask the questions that, yeah. that I want to ask. But, um, there are people who don't have a podcast, don't have the time for it. Um, but just drive in there yeah. in a commute and listen, and it's an opportunity for them to have their voice heard. Um, we've got a guy, Jimmy McAnally, he's here in Houston. He's one of our patron members, um, very active, um, you know, in just contributing. He's sponsors, I think a couple different, uh, podcasts, uh, as a patron, but he's like, it's great to have Houston representation. So that's why he's doing it for, yeah. this, for this podcast. And, yeah. um, it's, it's great. You know, last week we had a lot of uh, different, uh, questions from in the chat, but it's good for them to be able to say like, Hey, ask this question or, um, or they can interact with the guests yeah. sometimes. And, and, um, I think yeah. that's great. You know, it, it really opens up the community. Yeah. And so it's not just but, me but, asking but it's questions. Funny you said that. Yeah. And one other thing. So a while back I was doing a giveaway with uh Starrett and, um, I gave this kid a bag and some stuff and I had posted like you had 24 hours to get in touch with me, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like a guy. This is like I had like 3000 followers, you know, and the guy didn't get back in touch with me. So I gave it to somebody else. And then he gets back in touch with me like three days later. He starts this big thing and it kind of got he started like throwing around legal stuff like you shouldn't be do doing this. And I kind of got a little nervous, but more than nervous, I got really turned off by mm. it. I was like, I sent you free star at bag and tools right and like y'all giving me a hard time right. i said i will never ever give away something like this unless i'm required to by a sponsor so i have you probably can't see it but right over there that pile of stuff i'm doing a zoom call i was supposed to do it tomorrow night but i'm doing it in a couple of weeks and everything i give away now i give away cordless drills to my patrons 
I was like, I am done. These people support me. They send me money. I will send. I don't charge them shipping. I pay for it yeah. all. I'm like, not that pat myself on no, the back, awesome. but I was like, these people do so much for me. I don't care if they give me 50 cents or $50. They at least took the time out to do it. And I was like, they're the grateful mm-hmm. ones. Like, I'm going to take care of them. And that's what I do. And that's why I'm going to do the Zoom call. And I'm doing it just to say hi and whatever. Right. But um, they anything I get rid of goes to that's them. Great. And that's, you know. So... And not as a benefit. I'm just saying, like, just be, to say thank you to yeah. them. You yeah. Know? And uh, so on your, your Patreon, uh, they can go to your, your Instagram uh, page or your website and sign yeah, up. Yeah, it's in there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you know what? On my Patreon, I put right on it. Like, I'm not going to do this or that. I give them I, – I used to have all these different gifts I would give them after three months of being a patron. Now it's either a cup with my logo or a T-shirt just because I don't have time for the other things. It was getting too crazy. But – but then just throughout the year, anything – and, and they're good about it. I'll be like, hey, who needs uh, – what did I just give away? I forget what it was. It wasn't a drill. Um, it was some other thing. But I'll be like, hey, I get a ton of stuff I'm giving away. So if you don't need it, just don't say you need it. And then like five or six guys will be like, hey, I need this. Or I'll send this out. And it, it just I just feel like, you know what? I'm taking care of the people that take right. care of me. You know, That's awesome. And, and it's just nice because I feel like – it, it, like you said, it is a little community. It's a community about people I care about and they care about right. me, you know, so. Yeah, um, we're, we're going to be doing a giveaway when we record with Hannah and Skylar uh, uh, mm-hmm. there at WorkbenchCon. We'll be doing a giveaway, but the yeah. the live event will be for, as far as we've got it right now, it will only be for patron members and or previous guests. Um, yeah. And so it'll be, yeah. you know, closed a closed giveaway type yeah. thing uh, to give yeah. back to the people who help pour into the show and make, and make it awesome. Yeah. 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 That's, that's nice. Great. Nice. Well, cool. Um, people mm-hmm. can find you on Instagram at Derek yes. from Malden, even though you're Correct. really Derek from Somerville. <laughs> yeah. That's what I just went to my 35th reunion. Everybody's like, you're from Somerville. I was like, yeah, it's hard to well, explain it from Derek Malden from Somerville now, doesn't so. flow quite as well. Yeah. yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> and if you want to hear the story yeah. about that, go ahead over to the uh, Full Blast podcast. He kind of talks about the yes. that that name. And uh, they can find you on YouTube. You're putting some YouTube content out yeah. there. Derek from Malden on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, I like that they yeah. have the... Uh, the handles now so you don't have to be like oh yeah go to 2x z b <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 uh so awesome thank you for for doing this i'm i'm looking forward to, yeah, to chatting with you. you a little bit more here in the after show yeah uh, yeah i'm matt with volton woodworking you can find me on social media uh instagram or facebook or well not facebook Nobody does Facebook anymore, right? <laughs> uh, Instagram or YouTube primarily. And I tell people don't mm-hmm. follow me on TikTok because it's just reposts of my Instagram content. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You can follow me there. You can follow the podcast uh, at Maker Lounge Podcast on Instagram or YouTube where you can see Derek's amazing beard uh, there on YouTube. So make sure you subscribe uh, on that. Yeah. And um, yeah, become a Patreon member as well. Like uh, like Derek mentioned, we we do giveaways, and and mm. those Patreon members get two or three times the entries for giveaways. Uh, or sometimes we'll do exclusive giveaways, like we're going to do at WorkbenchCon. So head over there mm. uh, and leave a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you're watching on uh, YouTube, uh, leave a comment. Just let us know that you enjoy the podcast and 
and uh, make sure that you give Derek from Alton a follow. Uh, again, thank, thank you, you to Surf Prep Sandy for sponsoring today's episode. Check them out on our social media platform, on their social media platforms. Um, they've got a Facebook group, uh, which is an awesome place to ask questions. And you can use code Maker Lounge, all one word, for 10% off at surfprepsanding.com. Uh, so before I let you go, we, we need to hear your signature uh, exit strategy. Oh. For what? Yeah. My thank you or the for yeah. exit strategy you no, got no, out of my no. job? Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cover that. That's a big exit, yeah, well, exit we, strategy I wanted I wanted yeah. to, you know. Uh, you know, we'll cover that in the we'll cover that in the after show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, yeah. The thank you. So, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll try my best best Derek from Alden or, or John Duresta or Jimmy Duresta, whoever yeah. you think's better at yeah. it. Thank you you <laughs> yeah that was a good one uh, i won't steal it don't worry there's enough competition in that space yeah. <laughs>